Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Back in February, when there were border blockades and trucks occupying downtown Ottawa for weeks, the federal government stepped in by invoking the Emergencies Act. To supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. It was the first time the Emergencies Act was used in Canada. It gave the government power to temporarily block people from gathering in certain areas, to freeze financial assets, and to compel tow truck drivers to remove vehicles. The act was only in place for 10 days before protests were cleared. But because it gave the government so much power, there's now a parliamentary review. It's being done by a committee made up of MPs from the Liberals, Conservatives, NDP, and the Bloc Québécois, as well as senators. And even though this special committee is examining an unprecedented move by the government, it's still been mired in partisan politics. And in Parliament, when you have that kind of debate, you get yay and boo, and you don't get very far in terms of information. Campbell Clark is the Globe's senior political writer based in Ottawa. He's here to help us understand why some people are frustrated by a lack of answers in this process and why it's so important to review this kind of government power. This is The Decibel. Campbell, it's great to see you again. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me here. I know you've been paying attention to some of these uh, special committee hearings. And so I have to ask, does this make for riveting TV? No, it doesn't make for <laughs> riveting TV or radio or even sitting in person. Although there have been some moments that have been, you know, somewhat dramatic. It's not driving to conclusion. The narrative arc is not there for the viewers. <laughs> so when the government used the Emergencies Act earlier this year to, to deal with the disruptions from the truck convoy, using this act has a kind of built-in review of it, a, a guaranteed special parliamentary review, which, which we're seeing now. What exactly is this review trying to figure out? So first let me say that normally the review starts even while the act's in progress. You expect the Emergencies Act to go on for a while, and the first thing this committee is supposed to do is make sure that it's not being abused while it's in use. Hmm. But what they're supposed to do now is essentially figure out whether it was justified, explain to people whether the orders went over the top, and whether the invocation of the act was acceptable. And what is the standard for it being justified here? There's a couple. One is you have to have an emergency, and they define what there's different kinds. But the main standard is that nothing else will do the job, that the emergency can't be dealt with, and this is the words in the, in the law, under any other law of Canada. So every other option, every other legal option has to have been exhausted. Okay. And... So there's this review happening. There's also a, an, another review that Parliament is doing. There's also a public inquiry, which is being conducted by an Ontario Court of Appeal justice. So there's, there's actually a lot of scrutiny of the government's rationale here. But why does it, why does it really matter how the government came to, to the decision to use this act? This is the, the panic button of our legal system. And so we set very strict rules on how it's used, when it's used, and the standard for which it's used. Now, the predecessor to this law was the War Measures Act, which 
Pierre Trudeau invoked in the October crisis in 1970, and it's martial law. Now, this is not martial law, but it's it's an extreme use of the legal system of the government of Canada that they normally don't have access to. And can you remind us what were some of those extraordinary powers that the government had when, when this was in place for those 10 days in February? Yeah, so you could say that the actual orders weren't as extreme as they can be, but what they did was they designated certain areas off-limits. So downtown Ottawa was off-limits. It was closed down. They uh, froze financial accounts of various kinds, bank accounts, but also um, credit card accounts and things like that, so that people wouldn't have access to money. And then they did a few other things, like um, allowing police to order tow truck drivers to tow cars, which is one of the things they referred to often now as being an effective use. And to- tow those big trucks specifically from Yeah, Denver. to tow those big yeah. trucks, which, were, which was a real serious practical issue. So those are three of the things, and I'd say that um, those are the things that often get pointed to over and over again. Hmm. And so the special committee has now been meeting for, for actually nearly four months. What's been the big takeaway of this so far? Um, not a lot. I think one of the takeaways has been that the political question that the committee is trying to deal with is not the same as the thing that they're supposed to be looking at. That is the question of whether the law was used properly. The other one, I think, is simply that they've decided, and also I think opposition politicians have decided this too, that the the legal question, the the parliamentary review question, isn't that important politically, and they're trying to deal with another political question. And so what they're basically trying to say was, this was a big emergency. It was serious. Something had to be done. And the other side is, uh, that being the conservatives in this case, are trying to say, this wasn't as bad an emergency as you say, and it didn't need to go the, this far. But I don't think either is really trying to go into the legal justification for using this. In fact, we haven't even got to the questions of how did this happen? How did we get there really hmm. in this committee? And I guess the big takeaway in in some cases was the government is having difficulty or is not willing to make the case um, explicitly because they seem to be trying to dodge questions an awful lot in these committee hearings, even though you'd think that it wouldn't be that hard for them once they've used the Emergencies Act to come out and say, here's why we need it. They're, they're really being a bit ev- evasive in these committee hearings. So what kind of questions have we seen already then in this committee? If we haven't gotten to that stuff yet, what actually has been talked about? Yeah, well, I mean, the first things we've seen is more or less government ministers and officials go, it's almost backwards, government officials and ministers going in there and saying, we needed to do this. And that should be the end point in any argument over how this happened and how this came to be. And it started off quite badly for the government because what they essentially came in to say was, all of these powers were necessary. And then Marco Mendicino, the public safety minister, said the police asked us to do this, so we did it. Um, I, I would say that there was a very strong consensus that we needed to invoke. And I would, uh, again, um, offer that the Canadian Association of the Chiefs of Police, the Ontario Association, um, the Canadian Association, uh, law enforcement was was um, was very strong. What, what in caused its, the short of unanimity to make it consensus? Who wasn't? Well, I, look, I, I don't want to speak uh, for every last serving member uh, of, of law enforcement, but there was a very strong consensus that we needed to invoke the act. And in fact, the police didn't ask them to invoke the Emergencies Act. Not hmm. in 
not explicitly. So what we've had is a lot of sort of general assurances that this was important, there was a serious emergency, and we needed to do something, and this was the thing we needed to do. But taking it apart piece by piece hasn't really happened that effectively. We've seen uh, officials from various agencies come in and talk about uh, what they did. Um, so, for example, there's been a little bit of information about how many bank accounts or financial products, they call them, that were frozen. It's 200 and some. I can't remember the precise figure. But we didn't start with the police saying, here's how this all developed, how it all unfolded, and here's the situation we found ourselves in. And that's why we needed X, Y, and Z. We haven't even got to that point yet. We started with the, this was all good, or it wasn't. And in Parliament, when you have that kind of debate, you get yay and boo, and you don't get very far in terms of information. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 280 financial products that were frozen exactly there. So, yeah, o- over 200, almost 300 there. Let's go back to this issue of who asked for the act to be invoked, because this mm-hmm. seems to be a bit of a, a, a sticking point uh, or a, a, a big issue in, in this, this whole proceedings here. So if Marco Mendicino said that the police act asked for this to be invoked and the police are saying no, like, how, how is this playing out? This seems like there's some inconsistencies here. There is some inconsistencies there. As Bill Blair, the emergency preparedness minister, said, Uh, more recently, uh, that would not be an inappropriate thing for the police to do. They should say, we need X, Y, Z, we need these powers, but it's up to the government to decide whether they should invoke the Emergencies Act. And that's now what police say they did. They talked about, here's our problems. Here are the things we can't do. Here are some powers that might, or some things that we could have that might help us. And then the government decided to invoke the Emergencies Act. Hmm. However, when you have the public safety minister, the minister who's responsible for federal policing, say, the police asked us for it. That's the government trying to give us a vague reassurance that, of course, everybody knew that this was necessary. And when the police are asking for it, we can't say no. So this was a pretty misleading sort of general, it was such an emergency that the police were asking for it kind of statement. It was misleading parliament, and he was caught in an untruth. An untruth. An untruth. It's something non-adjacent to the facts. You said that some ministers who have been speaking here have not necessarily been forthright or direct with, with their comments yeah. here. Can you give us some examples of, of, of what you mean by that? I mean, one of the things is just that there's a general vagueness uh, about what happened and how these powers were used. You know, 280 financial products, none of them were, according to the government, Uh, people who were just donors, but we don't have that much more information about how those things are used. But more specifically, little questions aren't being answered. (laughs) One question that we saw Christian Freeland refuse to answer repeatedly was, did you take notes? I spoke to Canadian business leaders, including some bank CEOs. They were gravely concerned about the Canadian economy. Do you have notes, yes or no? When it comes to the conversations I had... Um, so every time you see a question come up to the government about whether there's any paper trail here, they dodge the question entirely. Clearly, they don't want Parliament asking for this paper or that paper. Hmm. Um, and the, the government has been asked to waive cabinet confidence so that the uh, Parliamentary Committee could look at you know, internal government documents. And there's still no answer on that. 
You mentioned Minister Freeland, who's, of course, the, the, the Minister of Finance, so really a, a central figure here, especially when we're talking about bank accounts or financial products being being frozen. Why wouldn't why wasn't why wouldn't the government want to share that documentation? Well, uh, there's a number of reasons, I suppose. But uh, one is just generally there is a reason for cabinet confidence and cabinet confidence is supposed to be so that cabinet ministers can speak freely. But there's another reason I think here that's political. They don't want to be dragged into the weeds on this. I think that's an overall political issue here. They want to say this was an emergency. It was bad. We had to do something. That's the end of it. If I could give you an example, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons they needed some of these powers, for example, seizing financial uh, products, bank accounts, is partly because it would convince people to leave. I don't think they necessarily want to have uh, all of the details of the conversations about, you know, we need shock and awe to scare these protesters away uh, out in public in a parliamentary committee where it will be played uh, as a partisan issue. Hmm. So this is very clearly a, a political process. Of course, it's wrapped up in politics. What is at stake for the liberals here? A few things are at stake. First of all, it seems like none of the parties, including the Conservatives, have decided that there's a lot riding on this particular committee hearing because they're not going at it hammer and tong at high speed. It's been going on for four months, and you thought they'd got they would have got somewhere faster if they were trying to drive a you know a really important political agenda. But what's at stake for them? It really is um, whether they hit the panic button when they weren't really allowed to, whether they you know, uh, will lose their credibility for what is a very important and somewhat extreme government action that will affect the credibility of Justin Trudeau and his government. So it's a question of, of overreach of government, essentially, then. It is a question uh, of whether it was overreach of government, yes. And then what's at stake for the, for the Conservatives, for the opposition here? Yeah, I'm not... Uh, as clear on what's at stake for them, except that if you recall, a number of them supported the convoy, the truckers' convoy in these protests, and were loath to criticize even when there were blockades of bridges and downtown Ottawa. Even when the Conservative Ontario government declared a state of emergency, there were still federal Conservative MPs saying, essentially, you go, uh, truckers. Pierre Polyev was one of them, and he's going to be probably the leader of the Conservative Party come September. Mm. So um, I think what's clearly at stake for them politically is you can tell what they want is to downplay the idea that this was really a severe emergency, and especially the part about downtown Ottawa. The Conservatives would like to say Justin Trudeau was heavy-handed and smashed a protest of people that disagreed with him. And the Liberals would like to say, these truckers that you Conservatives supported tried to disrupt our capital city and our democracy, and they had to be stopped. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, I want to ask you about the various police forces as well. We're hearing from... um, that have been involved in this. Of course, the RCMP, the Ottawa police, there's lots of questions about how everything was handled. What's at stake for them in all of this? Their credibility is at stake. And I'm shocked that there still hasn't been a more public um, airing 
of what happened in the policing here, how it went wrong, and why it wasn't escalated long before the Emergencies Act was invoked. But there is supposed to be a system when you have an emergency that a, a municipality in Ontario can't handle, and that is they call for assistance. First, uh, they, you know, they, they ask for extra resources, but if they're overloaded, they call the Ontario Provincial Police Commissioner, and he is responsible for policing across the province. And if he can't handle it, he's supposed to call the Ontario government. Like, in other words, there's an escalation there that is supposed to kick in. We never really have had a good explanation for why this didn't get dealt with. One of the things that we're trying to decide or that should be, has to be decided here or figured out is, was this just a crisis where police did not act effectively and the federal government just got fed up and pressured after a period of time and said, well, the police haven't done it yet. So we're going to give them the big hammer to show that we're acting and that's the Emergencies Act. Hmm. Or did they really need those tools because everything else in the law had failed? The convoy movement hasn't gone away. Uh, In fact, there may be another protest for Canada Day, uh, planned for Canada Day in Ottawa. Have we learned anything from this review that uh, could help prevent things from getting out of hand the the next time around? From the review, I don't think so. The police say that they've learned a lot of things. For example, the interim police chief in Ottawa said that they have essentially declared that vehicle protests aren't allowed in downtown in downtown Ottawa, so you can't bring your vehicles in as part of a protest. So I don't think we've learned a lot of lessons from it yet. One thing I do want to ask you about here, Campbell, is, is this idea of setting a, a precedent, because this mm. was the first time that a government yeah. has used the Emergencies Act, right? So yes. what happens if this review finds that the government didn't didn't have enough reason to use it? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a political question, right? Even though there is a standard in the law that requires, you know, the government to only use it when no other law of Canada would be effective, that's a, that's a thing to be judged politically and not by a court. There will be a report from this committee at some point, or several reports, and that will be something of a political football, and chances are it will either not be conclusive or... I, I would guess that it's not going to be um, conclusive on that point, or they're going to justify it. It seems to still be a partisan issue, so it's probably not going to be a satisfactory conclusion for most people. And then the public inquiry headed by the judge absolutely has to answer that question of whether there was, the legal justification was passed. If, if the legal standard wasn't met, that's pretty serious. It, I mean, it's the in-case-emergency break-glass power that governments aren't supposed to have on a day-to-day basis. And if a judge decides they didn't have a reason to do it, that's a very serious issue of credibility as well. So I think when that public inquiry comes up, the government will be wanting to make its case. Hmm. Campbell, it was great to chat with you. Thank you so much for for doing this. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.